content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perra columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up again with Bruce Lane. As we know from our podcast in October last year, Bruce is Executive Director of GTI Resources, which trades on the ASX under the ticker GTR or Golf Tango Romeo. Plenty has been happening since we last caught up with Bruce. And that's been reflected in GTI's share price, motoring on from 1.2 cents last October to 3 cents this week. While that represents a uh, pretty handy 150% gain, it has to be said that GTI continues to have a relatively modest market cap of $18 million on Capital Expanded, a recent fundraising exercise that pulled in $1.8 million before costs. Last time we talked about GTR's push into Made in America Uranium which has involved the acquisition of advanced prospects and projects in Utah's Henry Mountains. We'll get an update on that from Bruce in a moment. Since we last spoke, GTI has also reinvigorated its Niagara Gold project near Kukaini in WA Central Goldfields. The step up at Niagara really gives investors two bangs for their buck, high-grade WA gold potential and the US uranium push at a time when prices and demand for the nuclear fuel are stirring. And with that, I'll say good day to Bruce and welcome him back to the podcast. Hi, Bruce, and thanks for your time today. Hi, Barry. Good to talk again. Thanks for uh, having me on. All right. Now, I mentioned the twin focus there. Um, we might start out with Niagara reinvigoration of uh, the project there. Um, what have you got there and uh, what's what's the forward program? Yeah, look, um, that, that uh, project uh, has been obviously in the company for some time and we've conducted a uh, a soil sampling program, uh, you know, quite recently that showed there, there were some interesting gold anomalies in, in the soils. Uh, and off the back of that, we said, well, you know, this is not something we can ignore. We need to uh, progress this further. Uh, and that was before uh, all of the excitement around what was happening with our neighbours, uh, MCT or, or uh, Metallicity and in their JV with... Uh, Next Metals Exploration. Uh, and so we were already on a path to continue to investigate that ground when uh, Metallicity started hitting, you know, uh, some pretty interesting uh, gold at, at um, McTavish um, in particular and, and Leopold, uh, which are very, very close to where we are. So just a, just a K or two north. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, what we've done is progressed along the path that we were going to anyway. We've we've probably given it a little bit more urgency than we would have otherwise, but I think, um, you know, it fits nicely with the downtime in terms of, you know, field work in Utah. Uh, we're, we're currently uh, planning the next phase of exploration in Utah. Uh, and whilst we're doing that, we've been able to do, uh, or fly the Euromag, which we'll, we're due to get results from, you know, in the next week or so. Um, uh, over that area, and we'll use that um, combined with obviously the soil sampling and possibly a little bit more field work 
I think certainly there'd be a bit of ground truthing and maybe some more oil brewing. We might we might do some uh, some some air core drilling um, before we do an RC program. But that's you know that's the path. Um, so we think through the back end of 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 this month, but certainly into August, uh, we'll provide more information about that once we have the Aramag results and we can interpret those properly. Um, and and we'll be planning on the ground exploration. We've got five thousand meters of drilling approved already. Um, so, you know, we'll, uh, we, you know, we, we sort of intend to go forward with that. And I think we, in our recent capital raising, we, we made it clear um, that, uh, that some of the funds were going to be used um, there at, uh, at Niagara at Kikani. Mm. Um, you mentioned uh, Metallicity's success. I was just wondering what uh, broad implications are there for your project area? Yeah, look, I think um, you know they're they're they are quite close at Leopold and um, and, and McTavish. Uh, whether the structures are directly analogous to the to, to the ground we have is obviously you know is, is just hypothetical at this stage. I think there's obviously differences, um, but you know there is a there is a zone if you go you know all the way down from Ulysses um, and, and through down uh, the Kukani. Uh, uh, geological structure, and then down into Niagara. That, that, that there's some pretty interesting geology there that's historically produced a lot of ounces, um, with, you know, with with Cosmo, what have you. And there's there's pits right on the margins of our ground at um, uh, what is the old Orion Sapphire. You know, they're they're, they're smallish historically in terms of um, what's been mined, but they've never been mined out. And the grades that we're seeing. You know, some of the grades are quite spectacular, and I think that's been borne out by what metallicity has been able to find at, at Leopold and, and McTavish. So, you know, it's it's getting a lot of attention at the moment. It's an area that's been underexplored. Um, you know, th- there's been work there for you know decades, you know, if not mm. hundred years. So it's just it's just a case of picking that up. And this is an environment that um, you know, with gold price where it is, and 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 some of those grades where things look, look pretty attractive, and so we're, um, you know, we're determined to 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 move on with our ground and understand whether we've got something that's similar to Metallicity. It's I'm, I'm sure it's it's different in many ways, um, but you know that's that's the sort of thing we're looking at uh, in the area. Mm. Um, now there's lots of small historical and high grade shows on your tenements, and you mentioned that. Um, you know, there's probably more than a century of uh, activity in the area, but why is it missed out on up until now, anyway? Um, you know, the, the, this modern push we're having for high-grade uh, WA gold. Yeah, look, some of it's because of disparate ownership. Uh, you know, it has it has been sort of a, a, in piece, a bit in piecemeal hands. If you look recently, Genesis has just done uh, uh, done a, a deal with. Um, uh, you know the, the neighbours in that area, so they've picked up. I think they now have about six hundred and fifty square k's of in in the region, and that is with ground that uh, surrounds Next and and, and Metallicity and and ourselves. Um, so they've now picked up all of that Ulysses uh, trend that they were looking for, and they've also got um, ground down below us. So there's there's some more there's some consolidation occurring, and I think that's that's part of it. You know this. Metallicity and Next together have kind of consolidated up a package and, and, and on a kind of JV basis, and, and Metallicity has been picking up ground, um, and and that's what we're doing as well. We're we're sort of acquisitive in in that area, and uh, got we've got four new prospecting licenses that expand our position, which are you know w- which are in the permitting process at the moment, in the granting process. Sorry, so 
I think that's part of it. Consolidation needed to occur, um, and it needs uh, an environment where the ground, you know, has has some obvious value, and uh, and that drives serves to drive that consolidation, and then drives a professional exploration approach. And mm. so, you've got three or four. Yeah, companies uh, who aren't just holding ground there now, they're actively exploring it, maybe five. So that, that's how things move forward and that's what's happening in that region now, sort of getting its day in the sun, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mentioned uh, as an investor, I like to get two bangs for my buck. I was just wondering, <laughs> with uh, the revitalisation of Niagara, uh, any uh, flowback from some shareholders that might perhaps prefer just to focus on uranium or is there a general acceptance that it's probably the way to go at the moment? Look, we've had no um, uh, nobody complain about what we're doing. I think the thesis on the uh, Niagara and the in the in the Kikani is is pretty straightforward. I think it's you know I don't like using the word too often, but it's a bit of a no-brainer. Um, so you know there's, there's there's kind of obvious value in find in finding something uh, in that ground. I don't think anybody um, would begrudge the company from. Uh, trying to establish the value of what it has there um, mm. and modest expenditure as well and, and and the speed with which we're able to do it the strength of the gold price i mean the back the backdrop for gold is very very positive obviously and wa is a great place to be uh, exploring for gold so um n- you know nobody's really challenging us on that and i think it, it does act as a, as a as a kind of good hedge for what is uh, you know an offshore uh, for us exploration uh, project in the US with uh, uranium and vanadium, and we know that you know uranium um, is a complicated market. It's um, we believe that the long term trend is uh, you know it, it is very strongly supported um, you know by what's happening in the world with nuclear power and and what's happening on the supply side with uranium, which continues to tighten. In fact, you know it's quite um, disturbing what's happening in Kazakhstan with um, you know COVID. And the lockdown, and what it does mean is that you know the supply side for um, uranium is is likely to continue to uh, to tighten. So we believe that the the thematic behind uranium is is very strong and very compelling, uh, but it doesn't just go up in a linear fashion, and sentiment doesn't necessarily follow it in a linear fashion either because of the history of the market. So. Mm. Uh, we, it's good to have something else that we can work on while we get other uh, other activity permitted. Um, you know, we've got other other things that we're looking at in the US more generally in terms of you know we're always looking at new projects to get involved with acquisitions in in, in that energy space in, in the US, um, and it gives us you know it gives us a good news flow. So I think investors do understand that um, and uh, and they're supportive of of us running that. Now there may be a day when. You know, it's not compatible to have both those projects in the company when they get to a scale where we've, you know, we've we've got uh, we've got more development work and more funding and all those sort of things. But that, but that's not today. I think where we are today, they sit reasonably comfortably together. Yeah, and that'd be a nice problem to have if uh, you need to decide which one to big time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, in Utah, I see you've been growing your footprint there, and you've picked up a data package as well from some previous explorers. Yeah. Um, so can you just give us a, a plus you've had uh, initial uh, drilling results at Jeffrey um, where yeah. there was historical production I think of more than 90 million pounds of uranium and lots of vanadium so can you just give us a general update where that project's at now yeah look we um, were always aware that there was a, a, mineral, a trend of the mineralization to the south of Jeffrey um, through the through the neighboring section and and on towards um, our rats this project in the south 
and what uh, the acquisition of Scram has done is is really um, you know given us a continuous la- contiguous land holding of substance uh, that, that that sort of joins that mineralized trend together. Um, you know that's that's always been a working kind of hypothesis that um, that that ground would join those two up, and I think what we've seen. From, from from our ground, um, our due diligence, our work on the ground, that that, that, that is likely to be the case. And with the, the acquisition of the data package, um, we've been able to confirm that um, you know there are you know, historical drilling and there's you know there's there's a lot of uh, edits in production in that area that that mineralized trend actually carries on through. So it's significantly increased the scale of of our ground position there. Um, but in addition to that, uh, the, the data packages has, has, has provided us with um, data on our Moki project, which is uh, up adjacent to the Tony M mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony M mine is owned by Energy Fuels and it's part of their Henry Mountains complex of, of, of pro- projects. And it, and it's part of the history of the Tickaboo mine or mill, which, was, which, is, which only ran for a short time and has been sitting as a, a kind of decommissioned plant for a period of time. So, that, so the Tony M, um, you know, was mined, um, and uh, and you know, our understanding is it's it's pretty close to being able to get back into production if 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 the circumstances were right, and Moki's uh, adjacent to that, and we now have um, exploration data for that project, which means that should we go and explore it ourselves, obviously we've we've got a real head start in terms of what we can expect and what we should be looking for. Um, and it, and, it, and it also sort of is quite strategic for us because of we, what we believe, you know, there's not that many mines in uh, the US that can get back into production and feed uh, the Blanding plant at Utah that, that's owned by, um, at White Mesa, which is owned by Energy Fuels. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we, we're quite interested in projects that are very, that can back, get back into production quickly. You know, we know that's a big plant at Blanding and if, if they get to the point where they want to turn that on again, uh, should they get, contracts at the right price that um you know there'll be an opportunity to provide mill feed more than likely into that into that plant and there are a few mines that can get back into production quickly in the area and tony m is one of them mm, okay uh i was just wondering you've got this additional inf- information and you've done some drilling I, uh, do you have a feel yet for when you might be in a position to make some sort of a resource estimate at all Look, we've got we have a fair bit more drilling to do um, in that uh, Jeffrey. That that first program was um, you know confirmation and reconnaissance. You know we were looking to uh, test our, our theory about what happens with the geology and, and the mineralisation in that area, and it and it really did confirm quite a few things for us. So from from that we uh, we obviously moved to planning the next program and the permitting, which we're doing now. The extent of that, um, you know, we're still working through that. Uh, suffice to say that if we are drilling in that area um, between uh, Jeffrey and Rat's Nest and through the new ground, um, you know, in the event that we settle on that acquisition, which is due to happen in the next couple of weeks, then you know the drilling's quite still quite quite shallow in that area. The mineralisation is quite shallow, so it doesn't take long, and it's not that expensive relative mm. to you know, if you were drilling five hundred metres. And in some cases, we're only drilling down to twenty metres here, so. Um, you know, we we're not at the point where we could, uh, you know, to talk talk about declaring a resource. But obviously, once we twin some of the holes that we've got from the historical database, have some reference material for the gamma logs, you know, we can start to pull together a resource quite quickly. Um, 
So look, I'm reluctant to say exactly when that would be, um, but we're looking for further exploration in the third quarter of this year. And uh, if things go according to plan and the uranium spot price starts to strengthen up at about that time, we'll we'll be uh, mm. you know we'll, we'll be could be cooking with gas. Now, just as a matter of interest, if you had to, uh, if you had the the same ground in Australia as you do in Utah, where would you prefer to be looking at a development at some later stage, Australia or Utah? Oh, look, um, that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, look, I think uh, Utah's a, a, a you know is a really good spot to be. Um, I think with these with these projects, they they can get a development quickly. Um, you know, relative to certainly relative to Australia, if you look at the 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 cycle of a project here from um, you know initial uh, discovery through exploration uh, expansion into resource drilling, you know, getting the permitting, um, uranium's still a bit sensitive here. I mean, it's I think it's increasingly positive uh, in Australia for uranium, but still a bit sensitive in some spots. And um, flora and fauna is always a challenge. So uh, you look. I don't think Australia is a bad place to have a project. I'm not certainly not going to say that uh, because I don't believe that. But I believe Utah is a good place to be. And particularly if there's a political will, uh, there's a plant with a very significant capacity in the region that is going to want mill feed. Mm. Strategic need uh, stated by the Department of Energy and the and, and the Oval Office to have, have domestic supply of uranium. We believe it's very positive to be in the US. Um, mm. That's probably yeah, a slightly political answer, but hopefully... No, 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 that's uh, understood. So when you look at the uranium price, it's, what, a four-and-a-half-year high, but remains depressed at just yeah. under $33 US a pound. Yeah. Um, rather than what's your view of the uranium market, I was wondering what price do you think needs to be out there for, for investors to uh, start getting excited about the uranium space again? Yeah, look, you know, there's a, there's a lot talked about this. I mean, I I'm on board with the incentive price being around the sort of fifty to sixty US dollar mark. Mm. You know, you know, for capital to get a return, um, you know, for companies to get a margin to reinvest, to continue to invest, you know, I think clearly it has to be at, at, at that level. Now there are ISR projects that don't need that price, um, and there are some existing mines that can open up. Um, but whether you get a production plant um, running at capacity on a continuous basis, mm. uh, less than that, I think is questionable. I think the energy fuels need contracts in that region to be able to, you know, switch to continuous production mode. They've been doing some campaign mining over the years. Mm. Um, uh, that's and they've you know and they've got about five six hundred. Don't quote me directly, but five or six hundred pounds of uranium in stock as a result of doing that campaigning mine, campaign mining and, mm. and clean cleanup activity but in order for them to you know go get, get everything geared up to go back into full production i don't i don't i don't i'd be surprised if they were able to do it at a price of less than sort of you know 50 to 60 dollars that's obviously something that mark chalmers at uh, energy fuels is, is 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 focusing on i know there's a very very good uranium credit with the ground that we have in most of the ore that they process and they're able to push that out but the vanadium price is not is not all that strong. I think if you get a couple of two or three dollars increase in the vanadium price against some long-term contracts, that can help them. Mm. Uh, but I, you know, if you look at an Australian project uh, of note, then you know I think they're probably looking at you know 50, 60, I, you know, I, I can't remember, remember the exact number in the uh, 
the feasibility study that Vimy's put out, but you know, I'd, I'd be surprised if it was sort of any less mm. than five or sixty dollars. And that, and I think that tells the story. I think when that project gets funded, when Vimy gets funded um, and, and announces that they've got they've got the finance to to, to get into production, then uh, you know the price is, is hit about the right spot. Is my view. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> the incentive pricing in that fifty sixty dollar range, uh, well understood, I think. But at what point do you think investors will be anticipating incentive pricing eventually? What At what price point do you think investors will jump on the bandwagon ahead of that incentive pricing? Is it $40 or $35? Or? Yeah, look, I, I think in the short term, the COVID effect, um, you know, is likely to have an influence here. And I think that that the spot price, you know, there's a there's a chance the spot price will will strengthen again sometime in the next you know period. Now I'm not going to say what period that is. I'd be uh, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, I think if it goes if spot price goes up 10, 15, 20 percent, I think people will 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 start to think, well, this is this is the timing on the supplier side, the drying up of the of the cheap spot contracts, which you know ultimately. You know, spots spots driven by the bottom end of the spot contract price. So, um, if no one's willing to sell uranium at thirty four bucks a pound, and they all of a sudden want forty or forty five, that tells you about something about what's happening on the supply side. Yeah. So, I think that will be the trigger, that, and I think investors will look at that and say, "Yeah, it's finally happening. That the supply side is really properly tightening now." And um, and and even if that they don't see that as being a long-term thing. I think there's a lot of speculative money in the sector that will will come in and start to support, um, you know, the share price of yeah. particularly producers. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay, folks. There we have it. Um, interesting mix there. Uh, High-grade WA gold potential and the the evolving uranium story in Utah. So uh, I'll take this opportunity to say thanks for your time today, Bruce, and uh, good luck with it all. Great. Thanks, Barry. Thanks for uh, talking to me today. Cheers. Mate.